Greg new glasses. Yeah, do you like them? I really like those. They're clear, clear face. They're Nikkei. I think I'm saying that right. What's that? (laughs) Oh, Nike. Oh, is that a joke? Oh, are we starting jokes that fast? (laughs) I'm sorry. I just wanted to jump into it, you know? (laughs) Welcome to Earth Simons Podcast. My name is Serena Simons, the senior producer on the show, and we are doing a really fun, really freeform, really casual evening roundtable with the one and only Gregory Haddock. Do you remember this guy? Hello. Greg. My name is Greg. Oh, God. Pleasure to have me. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. That's not my voice. I'm sorry. I don't know no. if you're actually going to play that at the beginning. I wanted to trick people. It's nice to have. It's nice to be here. Thank you very much. Hi, Greg. Welcome back to the show. We missed you a lot. Miss you guys. Greg left us for a bigger, better podcast. Not the case. We talk about politics <laughs> instead of the crises of the climate. Yeah, they were like, which, no, and we're just teasing. They're like, we want to, we want to give you this job. But um, we need you to forsake the climate and all animals on the planet. And I was like, done. <laughs> and then they were like, sign seal. And then they were like, do you at least want to know what the job is? And I was like, no, no, I don't matter. care. Uh, yeah. So there's Greg. That's Greg. And we have Matt Podolsky. Matt, do you want to go? Oh, ahead I have to give myself yourself? an introduction. Yeah. Oh my God. Whole, whole um. Yeah. I. Uh, my name is Matt Podolsky, and I like to <laughs> talk about climate change, and I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's not really that late, <laughs> but it, it it feels late. I don't know. It's, mon- it's yeah, Monday. It's Monday. It's a long Monday. Mm. It has. Yeah. It's the part where we tell you that this is actually Greg, and um, the, the person you were just listening to was Matt, so... <laughs> Now you don't know. Oh now you don't know what's Everybody's going on at all. Really confused now. Actually, that was that was part of my agreement with Wildlands. Matt said you have to change your voice in order to to host the podcast. I said okay, so I did it. And you got the job. Yeah, this is why. <laughs> wow, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you got through, Greg. That's right. It actually it was it was early on wow. in in um, earlier on I guess in with with earth to humans when it was still eyes on conservation when i got accused of being a radio dj (laughs) i thought it was a car salesman what's the difference they're all terrible people radio dj is a compliment okay that's a compliment all right i'm sorry i'm sorry whoever that was my apologies you just just offended all radio djs out there there's probably a couple that are like yeah that makes sense yeah i was a former radio (laughs) dj bro uh, were you really? Yeah. Did you, how did give, give us your give us your radio voice? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> For all the radio DJs that are listening right now, this is KCPRW saying sorry. <laughs> well, you know, we can maybe dive into the topic of today's conversation, uh, which is just loosely about politics and the election. And we're, you know, getting into February 2021 and kind of wanted to just talk about 
what's been on our minds and our hearts and um, any funny articles that have popped up. My favorite thing that has happened, and we can talk about it, is Donald Trump's uh, re- his preemptive rejection letter from SAG. Um, it's uh, oh, I can I read it, hear about this. of it later, oh, but that, that has been my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, God. Very okay. interested in this. <laughs> We'll we'll get into it, um, but you know, just wanted to kind of go around the table and just just see what are our immediate thoughts about everything. Yeah. Oh my what God. about you, Matt? Immediate thoughts about everything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at answer. I'm not good at answering please questions. Uh, please go heavy yeah. on the everything part. I mean, I am very curious to hear greg what you have to say about like what it is like what it was like to be working on like a politics podcast focused on like the downfall of our two-party system like in the moment when maybe it feels like that system could be crumbling around us yeah, yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. should I should I approach that now or? I mean, like, like okay, specifically on January sixth, right? Like, what was going through your head, man? I was so distracted. I definitely stopped like everything I was doing to just glue into the news for six, to seven, to eight hours. I don't know. Just watched it nonstop. Um. I, I, I kind of think what happened on January 6th is sad and sad, sad, is sad, but it was uh, more than anything. It was just um, kind of predictable in some ways and um, to some degree, like a, a bit of a distraction from from where that conversation should be. I think it's awful what happened. It's, you know, some of the fallout from it, the fact that people actually lost their lives that day, the fact that it was aided and abetted by. Um, not only a sitting president who was on his way out, but different people in Congress who still went on to vote to challenge the electoral votes. Like you had some really brave, I I thought, I thought brave for, you know, for Republican, pretty brave speeches about saying like, no, I can't support this and that. And like, I'm over it, but, um, still an insane number of, of, uh, senators and representatives who went on. So like what, over a hundred still representatives in Mm -hmm. the house that, after all of that, still thought it was wise and pertinent and and just to try to yeah. challenge those electoral votes. Um, yeah, like that's that's a real real sad take on on how things are in the United States. But um, I think overall, and I think this is something that needs to kind of be acknowledged, and you're not going to really see this conversation in, in, in most maybe mainstream media, is that a lot of the things that are really destroying the right in um, you know low-income, mostly white neighborhoods, but not all white. Like you know, they had some um, pockets of well, like uh, people of color in, in a lot of different ways came out and voted for Trump in big way and. In this last election, and that should tell you all you need to know in terms of like what, where the conversation's going in some ways. Um, I, what I mean to say is the the kind of angry white archetype that's been developed over the last four years has a lot to do with uh, national um, economic nationalism and 
shipping jobs overseas and ghost towns and poor communities that are you know ravaged by opioid epidemic epidemics and more and um not really knowing what to do with those frustrations and those angers and those are the same kinds of economic principles that are frustrating people on the left and, and i mean like you know the, the the far left not necessarily like the democratic establishment um i mean that when it comes to a wise and fair economic redistribution plan in this country people on the left and the right are both really hurting from that and the only unfortunate the most unfortunate thing you saw from january 6th was that here was an idiot tv personality that was able to really harness it uh weaponize it aggressively in the last four years and um i'm afraid more than anything that we have yet to see trump 2.0 and I don't mean a Donald Trump run in 2024. I mean somebody who is smarter, smoother, sexier than Donald Trump. You know, like an Obama type, flawless, like zero zero fuck ups in eight years in in on national international media. Uh, no, you know, no like no gaffes, right? And well eloquently spoken, um, that kind of guy, but with Trump, Trumpian ideas is a really, 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 really mm. dangerous mix. Somebody who's capable, mm-hmm. uh, which makes January 6th, like, get... in that sense, very much a distraction. Yeah. I. How can you get somebody that doesn't have any stains on their record, though, that has that kind of rhetoric? I'm kind of skeptical that that would exist because sort of Trumpian attitude is, like, by default sort of evangelical and loud. Yeah. and boisterous right so th- i don't know that gives no, me a question yeah that gives me pause like you know people who are radicalized by whatever it is you know they're not typically they don't stay quiet forever you know so i would find it hard for somebody to raise into you know candidate for president i'm thinking like a what's that guy's name josh hawley mm-hmm um, you know, he's been active on QAnon conspiracy, but, you know, he's, he's super active on the rhetoric and that's how he gains popularity. So I feel like you have to have a following in order to get to that level of, you know, Trump, Trump 2.0. I mean, yeah, I think I, maybe, no, I, th- I think that's, I think that's really, really well said. I mean, like, it's hard not to out yourself too early, right? You know, like as somebody who shouldn't be trusted and or followed um but i also think that even even josh holly for example right if you were to take this guy and you know this is one of the guys that gave a you know fist bump you know solidarity fist on january 6th mm-hmm. um to the crowd that was about to you know just storm the capitol so like uh, tells you a lot about that guy right there um but like incredibly smooth and you know like well put together in a way that that trump has never been there i i think i think part of that too probably plays into and that's a really and, and and it's hard to answer because it's a really great great point that you bring up but i think it part of that plays into it too is this kind of amnesia like collective amnesia that that americans have about everybody you know like the fact that people like think think about this is a separate point, but like think about the fact that, that people have been really like pining for George Bush 
um, over the last four years. Like, oh Oh my God, yeah. yeah, Like we really, really miss George Bush. God, like you know that the last Republican president that we had that you know had any kind of value was George Bush. George Bush was a was a terrible, terrible president. And you can make arguments about whether or not he was a good person or what his like intentions were, but you know he 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 lied to start a war in another country. You know that had probably more to do with oil arguably had more to do with oil than anything else um and 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 led so many millions and millions of people to believe in this thing that eventually cost millions of deaths you know just an insane number of deaths something that we're still fighting my nephews and nieces they do not know what it means to be in a country that is not at war and they are the oldest is almost old enough to to go and buy beer right Certainly old enough to go and enlist in a, in a war that was started before he was born. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think in some ways, like, we've just, um, like, if we're able to miss a guy like George Bush, then uh, it's kind of not that hard or difficult to imagine that we would do the same thing. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not with Trump in, in, per se, but that we could, you know, definitely ride the coattails of somebody else who's ready to lead us all down an awful, awful, disastrous path. And then the question is, how do you get out of that? How do you break that cycle? Yeah. And that's like our biggest issue as a country with everything. Gun violence, you know, racist attacks, even the insurrection. Like The next day, the news, uh, you know, certain news media, Fox News media particularly, and, um, you know, people that were there that experienced the insurrection that were you know, cowering in fear, we're downplaying it the next day and sort of making everybody feel like, is that what we just saw? Maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked, you know, and just sort of changing what we saw with our own eyes. And and that is, to me, what's really scary is watching that in real time. Mm-hmm. Right, like the, the this, like, I mean, how disconnected, like, such a large percentage of the people that live in this country are with, like, reality? You know, like, how Trump was able to get away with this this huge, enormous lie. And, like, so many people in this country mm-hmm. still believe that that lie is true you know and like the insurrection didn't change that i mean and and i I mean that's like such a complex question right and it's like it's it's everything it's 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 about the very nature of our society and how it's set up right it's like every single aspect of how our society is set up like contributes to this ability of somebody to lie about something that is like so so easily disproven if you take just a, a mm-hmm. little bit of time to like think critically about what's happening you know and i don't know i mean there's so much like you could go in so many different directions to like as you kind of try to tease out like why it is that we like live in this population of people that are like so eager to believe something like that that's so obviously false or that it like appears so obviously false to us right i mean one of the things i've been trying to like a a sort of thought exercise that i've been going through is 
like trying to imagine like what the opposite would have looked like, right? Like what would have happened if Trump had won, but most Biden supporters believed that the election was that it was that you know that that something had happened right like with the voting system you yeah, know sure sure because like you know if if you get into like the mindset of trump supporters right like and you grant them that like okay you honestly believe that your candidate won right like if you if you honestly believe that then like what happened at the Capitol doesn't seem like as big of a deal, right? Like if you think if if, if you think that what you right. did is a reaction to like and right, a fair reaction. It, it, like if you think that it's a reaction to, you know, like the very sort of this like fundamental tenet of like our democracy just like failing to work, right? Like if if we saw mm. election results showing us Trump won and we didn't believe them like that's the mindset mm-hmm. you know um yeah and right. like obviously you know it's like a thousand people have written it's like obviously the opposite couldn't have happened for like a lot of reasons as far as like a January 6th type event um because tr- because Trump was in so power, many right so many people shot exactly like nobody would have gotten Mm -hmm. even close to entering the building um but at the same time like there there's another i think the other aspect about it that really fascinates me is the fact that like a lot of people who were at that protest like you know not the people that entered the building right but people who were just there at the event like a lot of them had no idea what was going on so like I watched and and I mean I, I watched this really fascinating. It was like a, I don't know. It was, it was like one of those little like three minute social media videos that that people cut together. But it was cut you know uh, it was cut together by this journalist who was at the protest covering it like a you know liberal progressive type journalist, um, and like she shows you all her footage and she sort of recounts what the day was like for her. And she's like, and I had no idea that any of this had happened until I left and got back to my hotel and watched the news because it's like, it's, it, you know, so like trying to imagine the, like the mob mentality. And then you combine that with the fact that, you know, I mean like the, the New York times has been doing all this reporting on like, like, like who the people are and like the people that have been charged, like what they're being charged with and like, uh, what, if any, connections they have with, like, organized, like, you know, militia groups or white supremacy groups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously there are people that were there that, 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 that do have those connections. And there are people that were, like, organizing and planning for something like this and were ready, right, to seize the moment. There were clearly people who were ready to yeah. seize this moment and took the initiative and led this insurrection. But they were right, in the right. minority, Right. The majority of people who were there right. on that day were just your average, we're just kind of, you know, Trump supporters kind of just caught up yeah, in the like excitement. Somebody yeah. like, you know, I mean, my cousin or like my father-in-law. Right. Who are avid Trump supporters. And, you know, we're just there because they believed the big lie. And that's it. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you were in wrong place at the right time 
right place at the right time, depending on your perspective, like you just got fucking swept into it, you know? And like, obviously there's a lot of other like really horrific shit that happened in specific instances. And like, you know, people who were just beating the shit out of police officers and like some really horrible stuff, but, um, you got to get into that mindset and understand where it's coming from. If you like, you know, like I, I feel like a lot of the mainstream, news coverage of this like just treats it like we we can't we can't treat those people like they're idiots even though that's like the gut reaction you know like the knee-jerk reaction is like what a bunch of fucking morons right like you believe this obvious lie and you did just this horrific thing right but and now, yeah, now the now the hint's coming home to roost. Yeah, so, it's like, like if you're not, if you can't that. get yeah. into that, if you can't understand like it, then I don't know how you like work towards finding like the the big pictures, like the the solutions to like the root cause of what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, y- yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. I think I think a big chunk of that is trying to identify what what are those major what are those major things that like just solutions based right so what are the major things that all you know left right the average american the non-voter like agrees is something we need to take care of and some of the things that rank really really high on there is like some kind of gun control right that's 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 one of them that comes up a lot there is a very small minority of people that have redone so much of of the public persuasion on on how we're going to lobby guns in Congress, right? Um, but but beyond that, and I think it was really more core to a lot of those issues, is, like, um, financial insecurity. So, like, money and politics, right? Our, our, our system corrupts both Democrats and Republicans to an absurd mm-hmm. level, and a very, very absurd level. I, I kind of want to cut in, though, because I think, like, my... I, I, I totally understand what you guys are saying, like... We can't treat however many million people voted for him and either didn't vote for him but still supported him and showed up for that rally as idiots. But, like, when I saw that mob, I mean, I'm afraid of them. Like, it's hard for me to level with people that, you know, and I'm definitely lumping people together, right? Like, not everybody who— But are terrorists. Domestic terrorists. I mean, like you can't lump them all together, but you're talking about a group of people who who uh, this is this is domestic terrorism, right? But you can't call everybody yes. who voted for yes. Trump a domestic. I, ter- I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can. No, like, no, I, mean, and I, don't I don't think know. that's that's I mean, not right. That's yeah. not Serena's point. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's not what I'm saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, but I am saying if if I was there, I'd be a fucking afraid for my life. Yeah. And when my my brother was actually on a road trip with his girlfriend, and they had like just gone through Zion and were coming through Arizona. And they had they happened to kind of leave early because, um, you know, just they were tired, whatever. So they were home with my mom and I on the sixth, and we were glued to the TV. And I was just so thankful, like that they weren't in you know rural Arizona mm-hmm. while this was happening, or you know, just yeah. I mean that that was where my heart was. Is like I'm glad my family's safe. I'm glad I'm safe. Like. I was worried, you know, and then when I saw that video of that black cop who was, you know, leading, leading those rioters, like on a goose chase away Mm. from the house chambers, like I was worried for his life, you know? And so it's just, it's, 
Yeah, and it, it's hard for me to to level with people, you know, and, you know, right, not every Trump supporter is a domestic terrorist, not every Trump supporter is a racist, um, but you are supporting a person that stands for certain things, either overtly or not, white supremacy and racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, like all of these things are wrapped up in Trump and his rhetoric. And so supporting that kind of rhetoric to me is is moral versus not, right versus wrong and not left versus right. And so it's hard for me to level with people and, you know, and say like, we have all these issues in common, you know, these are our middle grounds when I'm afraid of people like that. Absolutely. But I think there's also, I I think one of the, the parts that makes Trump so hard to like reconcile as Americans that this is happening in the United States is because it's happening in the United States. And this is what we're seeing with something like January 6th, which in terms of the global perspective is pretty minuscule. These are the kinds of things that our government, our bipartisan government, actively inflicts on other countries. Government Mm -hmm. destabilization, coup d'etats, not acknowledging democratically elected governments. We do this shit all the time, all the time, all over the world. Um, And I I think giving Democrats and giving the Democratic Party a free pass... On because they're not the overtly racist party, because they have the most diverse Rainbow Coalition um, mm-hmm. advisory council and, and, and advisors in the in the White House, not a pass, not a pass at all. Um, and what it means is that we're going to continue to perpetuate these kinds of violence cycles and and income inequality and just inequality on the the, the most wildest spectrum imaginable. All throughout the world, which comes home to roost in the United States, income inequality hasn't gotten any better here, right? Um, we're we're not going to get any better, and and you know for like that's that that's that's also part of that like that appeal t- for for Democrats with um, uh, like Barack Obama is because like look at how racist Donald Trump is, right? We elected Barack Obama, like come on. 90% fail rate on the drone program um, was dubbed the the uh, deporter in chief because of how he he set up the immigration system that Donald Trump exploited. Right. Like that's the kind of guy that we're rooting on in the Democratic Party that is really, really, to say the least, problematic. But can we all agree that we're at a better starting point <laughs> <laughs> with with Mr. Biden than we were four years ago with Mr. Trump. I mean, just baseline. Now we're able to actually critique an actual administration. If you're not. And not wonder what the fuck is going on every single second of every single if hour. If you're not a Honduran day. kid in a cage at the border, probably. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that's the thing is, like, who's been who's going to benefit from those appointments? And the, I, I, I guess the big thing I want to say is, like, we can do better. We we could we could have totally. done we could have done way better than we Joe Biden. Done so much oh gosh. So much better yes. than Joe Biden. So let's let's not let's not be so he comfortable so with the old. fact that Trump is gone that we're able to be yes. like, okay, now we can take a deep breath because we can't. Yeah. And that's exactly the mindset in two thousand eight when Barack mm-hmm. Obama was elected. Mm-hmm. And then he turned around and signed checks for the largest bank bailout that not only saved the banks that deserved to fail but made them bigger mm-hmm. and badder and stronger than ever before. So, like, mm-hmm. 
especially since we're so, so tired. Like, nobody wants to – like, we're so tired oh, of yeah. elections and politics. This is the perfect storm for exactly what you're describing, Greg. Like, just complete indifference and just sort of, eh. I know. It's better than Trump. I know. I know. And it feels – That I think, yeah. It feels like a deep breath of fresh air, but I'm, I hate to tell but you guys yeah. this. It is not. It is not. There's, there's just as much work to do as there was in, in October. Mm-hmm. And the, I feel like more of an ability to get work done, I, well, which feels hopeful. I, I hope that's the case. I do think there is more more hope on the climate change front, obviously, than there would have been with Donald Trump. And that actually is, to me, a, a silver lining out of all this. I mean, I think that one of the things that that Trump gave us is that Trump said the quiet parts out loud, Right. Um, and when, you know, like for Trump, the quiet parts like is racism. Right. Um, but like that, 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 that idea of, we can say the quiet parts out loud, I think during the Trump era has spread way beyond Trump, you know? And I don't know, like Greg, you were talking earlier about how, um, you know, one of the things that has happened as you co-host this new podcast left bitches is that um like you're recognizing that you've you've contributed to and and participated in like some of the stereotypes that they're talking about right and you know i think yeah yeah, right exactly like i mean that's like one specific instance like that that you brought up right but obviously like this past year, like our nation's sort of like racial reckoning, it's like it's it's forced like lots and lots of people to acknowledge that they have done racist things and held racist ideas and belief systems and encourage them to like, you know, acknowledge that and then find ways to move past it. And like in in like like could that have happened without Trump? Like like I don't Has, like I mean yeah. like like hopefully something like that would have happened but like it yeah. certainly wouldn't have happened in the same way without that incitement and ha- like I think there's a potential it- like positive thing that has emerged like from that and 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 I I hope that that like holdover from this Trump era will actually like help us like be honest about what like what Biden and his administration are doing and like hold him to account you know, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Because I think the question I have is, yeah, like with if people who have supported Trump thick through, you know, thick and thin over the last four years, it's really, you know, forced a lot of those voters to to come to terms with um, how racist ideology does actually play into a lot of their beliefs. Um, and if you're not, you you know, but you still supported him, like at least trying to understand why, what, you know, and I think, I, again, I think economic nationalism is a big one of those lost jobs, um, you know, is probably the biggest. But has the Democratic Party had to answer the same question? And I don't think they have. Right. I mean, I don't um, think, like, but, yeah. And, 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 it, and it doesn't, just because, just because, just because you, you elect a black man as president, but then you support principles that he, as somebody who is very insulated in an oligarchic structure that is very corporate centric 
has gone on to continue to exploit or or to um, exacerbate problems in some of those more low income or more diverse areas of, of, of people of color in the United States, but also continuing the you know the endless war campaign across the world, across the world. Um, no, you don't get a free pass for that. And until you're able to reconcile like that, every like we all we have different questions that we need to ask ourselves. But we all have questions that we need to ask ourselves. We all need to come to Jesus moment for sure. And I don't mean Jesus specific, but you get the reference. Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy, whatever, or Sky Mommy, or Sky They, whatever it is, do it. Was that was that, that was fair, right? That was the most PC thing I've yes. said all all year. That was great. No, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I think you're right. I just I just think like is it you know with with this exhale that's not really an exhale as Greg described it like is it more productive to talk about the shit that Trump put us through for the past four and a half five years or is it more productive which I think this is the answer more productive to critique their current administration the Democratic Party. And hopefully that carries us into a better place four years from now. Um, that's a with... that's a great great question. Yeah, what I mean, I think? can't like I I don't know. I feel like we can do both at the same time. Maybe you know, like I yeah. mean, yeah, I'm, and like, but I don't. Doesn't the Trump stuff? Doesn't the Trump stuff feel super distracting though well, from self reflection yeah. for for liberals? I don't liberals? think so because it's that amnesia it's, I, thing yes. that we have. Like if we mm-hmm. don't acknowledge it and we're just we don't get angry about it, that's what they think would happen with the insurrections. Like we we're not getting the chance to get fucking mad. And then about it would feel normalized happened. to like storm yeah. the Capitol. Totally. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Why did why was that huge display of white privilege? I mean, how are we really glazing over that how are we really glazing over that and and to, and to just do you think we like, are no there's so much i i i do i i do i feel i mean sort of with the impeachment trial happening i feel like democrats are sort of like doubling down on that and that's a big critique is like why aren't we just letting this go like you know slap on the wrist to whoever it applies to and then move on because we have shit to do and that's a big argument and i and part of me is like that's really true and this trump shit is it is bullshit but like we have to prevent another trump we have to prevent the next what trump. happened and we yeah we have to prevent the next trump and we have to we have to disavow completely everything horrible that's happened i mean we cannot ignore that and that's where i, just I know i mean i stuff. agree with i 100 percent agree stuff. with like everything you just said serena but i mean and like i'm it's certainly a hundred percent for impeaching the motherfucker again and making sure that he doesn't ever like can't ever hold office. But like, you yeah, know, it, it's it. like if, if the question is, <laughs> if the question is like, how do we like fix like, well, like, like impeaching him again is not going to fix the root cause of the problem. You know, it's like, I feel like we should be like, we shouldn't be, like we we shouldn't be turning away from from what has happened over the past years but 
I also feel like, like, is it necessary to, like, pick apart all of the horrible shit that, that Trump did? Like, maybe not, you know? But, like, there are much larger issues that these events point to, you know? Like, like Trump, I'm sure that, like, both of you agree that the Trump administration, like, poked holes in... No, that's not the right metaphor either, you know? Like, our country was already fucked. And, like, mm-hmm. Trump just showed us mm-hmm. how fucked it already was, right? <laughs> and, like, if 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 by, like, if by not yeah. focusing on the, like, if not focusing on the last four years, like, causes us to just blindly move forward with this, like, Amer- this idea of, like, america as this exceptionalist country then obviously Mm. that's bad you know like trump should force force us to like totally like re-examine like who we are like what this country is and like what we fucking stand for Mm -hmm. you know not as an anomaly as a byproduct we created Trump. Trump didn't come out of nowhere. Trump, Trump, Trump exploited an obvious byproduct of the system, which was dissatisfaction and frustration at how things were going. And how was that brought up? Was that just because of where the Republican mm-hmm. Party is going in the last 30 years? If you believe that, take a look. Deeply right, concerns Right, it's me. that. But it's, you know what I mean? It's, but it's also, like, much deeper back in the history of this country, right? And, I mean, Absolutely. like— Gosh, I don't know. Like, I mean, you guys know I've been like, you know, uh, researching uh, for this like potential podcast series about like the origin of the national parks. Um, And, you know, one of the things that like when, when you dive into this research and you like start learning about the historic figures that were um, that the the founders of modern environmentalism those same people were also the founders of the eugenics movement in the united states and like so so like this this group of people like are responsible for founding the national parks right but they're also responsible for the the repercussions of that because in order to found in order to establish like these like wilderness areas that wilderness had to be created which means that the people who had been living there had to be forcibly removed right so like native american genocide and the creation of the national parks like those histories are deeply intertwined and we and and we can't have national parks without Mm -hmm. the u.s committing mass genocide against indigenous people right and those same people who were largely responsible for this like wrote books about eugenics in the 1920s that Hitler used to like craft his idea about the third Reich. Right. So like one of these guys, Madison Grant, who was like a contemporary of John Muir and, you know, like was writing about conservation friends with Teddy Roosevelt. Like he wrote like this, uh, he, he wrote this book about eugenics and in the 1920s, like Hitler wrote him a letter in which he told Madison Grant that he considered his book to be his Bible. So 
Like this is Ugh. the history of our country, right? Like and Yikes. like like I okay, like as a Jewish person, like and I mean, but not even just me as a Jewish person, like everybody in this fucking country grows up like w- learning about this history of the Holocaust and what like an awful thing it was and we learn about the how and the why and it's like picked apart in our history classes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and yet we're taught nothing about the genocides that our own country committed against its own people, you know, like, (laughs) and, you know, like, and, and I mean, I like, I mean, I have Jewish relatives who would be very, very upset if they heard me comparing the Holocaust to uh, native American genocide. Right. Um, But like the connection, it's, it's not just a comparison. Like some of the same people are responsible Mm -hmm. And the role of, like, these very, very powerful people who were very much a part of America and very much involved in crafting the, like, our identity of what America is now, were right in the fucking middle of it. Like, both of these events, you know? And, like, I really strongly believe that, like, we're not going to be living in a country that we can be proud of. Like, we're not going to be able to get over these, like, (laughs) deep-seated, like, issues that we're talking about with Trumpism and all of this stuff until we, like, go through this, like, process of, like, acknowledgement and reparations. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, like... Yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at. When's that podcast come out? I know. I'm hooked. I'm, I'm working on it, man. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I love it. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, it's problematic well, at, mean, at least. Yeah. Raise your hand if you feel proud to be an American. Oh, all every day, all day. <laughs> nope. Wrong answer. It was the wrong answer, wasn't it? Fuck. God damn it. I mean, but that's 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 really the core is like what it even but you yeah. know what the irony no of it is like the means. irony of it is that this this like the, the sort of trumpist like attitude like towards america and like not not the idea of america right because like the trumpist idea like the idea of america is idyllic right but the mm. uh the perspective the the trumpist well, perspective idyllic, towards yes. like american institutions and american governmental institutions in particular is like surprisingly aligned with what we're talking about right now. Right. Like the distrust that we're talking about, like, you know, I like a a surprising number of the sort of things that, that we're talking about, about our uh, distrust of the government. Like there's crossover, you know? Um, Like, I just don't know how to make, I don't know how to make the connection. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. I miss it so much. Yeah. How do you make that connection without being total? I mean, like being totally anarchist, and and that is your leading. I mean, you know, I I mean, yeah. value. I don't think it, I don't think it has to be. It's this. It's 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 this. It's so often where it's like, well, if you don't, if you don't say, you know, X, Y, Z, then clearly A, B, C. That's bullshit. Like our, 
physics, uh, our entire life, our generation, uh, everything, everything about this world is filled with contradictions. We are walking contradictions. And I, I, I say physics because it's, that's, that's also true. Like there are so many times, especially when you get into like the quantum realm where like it is and the, it's not it's not this or that it's this and this it's mm-hmm. it's light and dark it's left and right it's up and down it's everywhere it's it's mm-hmm. it's beyond that and i think it's not a matter of saying we we, we have to embrace that nuance and anybody who's given you but that, that gets tricky that, when you're talking about truth it's so hard it's so hard but that also means like not letting people be lazy about it and when and and calling out people even on your own side uh, for for example for for example right so one of the things I hate the most in this world is people who uh, <laughs> tell us it's 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 not people it's it's websites that are devoted to famous quotes <laughs> because those famous quotes are fucking taken are out of context. <laughs> They're always used for the worst things ever. Mm. If somebody can't listen to like sixty seconds at least, right? Two minutes, five minutes, an hour of whatever this person is that they're like, you know. Uh, Holding up is, is holier than now, or this great concept, this great beautiful idea. To take it boiled down like that, most of the time it's not even historically accurate. And two, it's 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 meant for the ends to justify somebody else's means, and that shit can go and fuck itself every time. Yeah, I don't care what yeah. it's used for; it's wrong. I saw so many. Uh, my mom. I don't know what it is. There's like a thing that's happening now where people, and I'm doing it, where like you stay friends with people on Facebook or social media that are like, I mean, just completely opposite your beliefs and you just sort of follow them because you're curious and because you want to get mad. I don't know what it is. It's like a self-loathing thing, but you follow those people, right? (laughs) So my mom follows a couple of those people. And so, you know, like I, it's very, you know, QAnon that there were, you know, Antifa planted at the Capitol riot and just, just all of these conspiracy theories. She had a quote, um, and like this photo of Martin Luther King, and I forget which quote it was that was taken out of context, like you said, Greg, but she was using that quote by MLK to justify her point as a far right you know, like anti-vax, like all of these things. But so she, she was, she saw that quote by Martin Luther King Jr. and thought, "Wow, that really resonates with me." Right. And I, and that, I mean, that is like so disconnected, right? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> another great one from MLK is every single Martin Luther King Jr. day, every single day, Martin Luther King gets reduced to an anti-racist. Yeah. In the most poetic, Pat, yep. uh, you know, um, like just very mm-hmm. oversimplified terms every mm-hmm. single year. And people forget and never even mention or it's never even talked about. When Martin Luther King, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, he was he was advocating he for was the hated. rights of unionizing sanitation workers. Yeah. He was much more concerned about our our foreign policy or at least at, at, at a minimum, as much concerned about foreign policy and the way that we handle other countries um, and the way that we that we wage war and, and on, on other defenseless people, um, but also economic warfare here at home. And um, that, that's that's a great example of just how how easy it is to boil somebody down for your own your own use. Yeah. 
that's that's what we do with like everything like matt said with indigenous studies <laughs> yeah. like the forming of this nation slavery women's rights right like it's just everything just gets boiled into what's digestible and i and that's why i think it's important to like backtrack and really like not forget the mechanisms in place for how things i mean that's history i guess like history is important but you know it's just it's hard when you're living through it when you're living through history and i feel like that's just been our life yeah you know the past 10 years is just that we've just been living through this constantly and so when when you're in it and when you're in the thick of it it's really hard to to see the scope of it for what it is until you're out of it you know five ten years yeah but uh, maybe we could talk about some positives, <laughs> maybe? I, I, I think on the climate front, one of the most positive things is just simply rejoining the Paris Climate Accord. Even though, like, probably most of those goals aren't where they need to be, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's, it's a big deal that we're not, as a country, dismissing it altogether. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a win. Oh, and um, what was the um, the pipeline that Biden's yep. already mm-hmm. saying? The Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah, Keystone. Yeah, yeah. and then I thought there was another one well, too. D- but Deb Holland is the sec- Interior Secretary. Deb is Holland, a big one. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a big. That one. is a that's big one. Huge. Yeah, and that's not one that yeah. gets First enough attention. First Indigenous either. woman. Mm-hmm. As long as she's doing the right yeah. thing, that's that's what I'm saying. Well, sure, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah I mean, it is. You're right. Sure. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's that's if if, if you heard anything yeah. from me today, it's this. Just as long as they're doing the right, I don't care who they are. As I mean, long that, as they're doing the that, right thing. That to me, yeah. But I think who they are matters. Yeah. It does. Who they are matters. It does. That's and a big that step. to me feels like a decision that was made for the right reason and a candidate whose credentials, like, and ideas back up. I don't know, like back up the sort of like the progressive yeah. ideal that that we're talking about, I guess. Yeah, that'll be yeah. exciting. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what happens more on on that front. Was that kind of just for PR purposes, or I mean, who cares there... why? Like, I don't fucking care. Like, if she's the right candidate and she's going to make the right decisions, like no, I don't no, care. I don't, I don't mean I don't, I don't mean her why. Planet. I mean, like, you know, I just hope she gets in there and like <laughs> I don't, you know, I mean, especially like just given. How I mean that could be, I mean that that's just a really dramatic like swing, you know. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that's what I mean. It's not 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 her specific. Mm-hmm. I mean the pipeline. Oh, right. So yeah. like, cool, awesome. That one was also really well publicized for a number of years mm-hmm. because of a lot of really hard work and activism. Mm-hmm. Um, is Dapple going to get the same treatment? No. Who yeah. else won't? You know, like where where does that fall? Yeah. So. You're right. I mean it. It's. Yeah, it's that line, right? We got to get excited when we get a win, but also like acknowledge that we have a long road ahead of us. There's a lot of work. We just need we we just need to expect mm -hmm. more. Yeah, you're right. From everybody, this has been a very bad relationship, right? It's a really bad, really toxic, shitty relationship. Yeah, kind of abusive in a lot of of ways. Very, very emotionally. (laughs) You know, and I think you're right. Like, just raising that bar for what we expect and and like the possibility that we that we could be proud of our country at some point you know like i think i'd like to be that'd be cool yeah 
Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like the, the disillusionment is so, like, intense, you know? Like, I, I feel like if if I had been raised, like, and taught things that I, that I thought reflected reality growing up, then I feel like as an adult, I could, like, more easily come to terms with who we are as a country and, like, my role in it and, like, and all of that, but you know like like the realization that like it's um like that our education system itself is like ingrained is is is, i think like if you were gonna okay if you're gonna ask me like obviously we talked about how complex like trumpism is and everything that led up to january 6th and all that we know it's like super complex multifaceted blah 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 blah. but if you were to ask me like what i think the number one factor is be like Obviously, it's education. I thought you were going to say white. Well, people. education of white people, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing I can point out, yeah, it's white people. No, I mean, there was. I'll be that guy. I want to be. I want right? to be that guy on left bitches. It's yeah, it's definitely. white men. No, I mean, oh my god, I wish there was. I I read this article, like, like last year, a, a, a number of months back, right? And and um. Like I'm, I'm not remembering the name of the, the author or the name of the article or whatever, but like the the overall like gist of this article was, you know, there's there's so much um, sort of analysis and, and like debate about like what's wrong with our education system, and, and a lot of that conversation is focused on uh, like the income gap and like how and why it is that public schools in like lower income areas and areas with higher percentages of people of color like have less funding and have less of you know like positive outcomes if you're going by the sort of like you know the way that we measure that right but this article is basically like flipping that and saying like look at our society right and look at all the problems in our society like why aren't we analyzing like what's wrong with like this like what we teach white people like isn't like couldn't a lot of these issues be viewed through the lens of this is the failure of like even those really really wealthy majority white public schools that get all the funding because they're in like a really rich neighborhood and they get all the property tax money like even those schools are failing their students. Mhm. Good point. And I think it's just like more inward facing a more inward facing look at racism for white people and and instead of framing race and race issues and racism as like it's a poc problem like it's pocs who are upset um Mm -hmm. and here's why you know what i mean like i just feel like there just needs to be a lot more introspection with white people and like their role and and that history too like mm-hmm. that really painful history, that really shitty, horrible, painful history. Yeah. Um, because, uh, because we have to. But I, I do. I mean, we're kind of getting into. I know. Rain us in, Serena. The of things, but, and I kind of want to. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to wrap us up a little bit. But I, I did want to read you portion. I wanted to end on like a good note, and so 
before we like fully wrap it up, my favorite thing about what's happened recently in the news has been <laughs> Donald Trump's um, preemptive resignation from SAG, the union. Uh, it's like an entertainment yeah, I union. Do wanna, I do want to hear this. <laughs> I do, the Screen and Actors so, Guild. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so... Let me, um, let me just start by saying, fuck that guy. Okay, now continue, please. Right? But, like, this is the kind of thing where, like, I've been, I've been like, miss, like, there's been something missing in the news, right? Like, it's been, it's been too boring. It's been too normal without Trump on Twitter, without him. Oh, my God, right? So, like, this, this was just a nice little just reminder of this gem of a person. And so, um, you know how he acknowledges to... He, he he still doesn't believe that he lost the election. So so in every document, he still is he's still referred to as the forty fifth president, not the former president of the United States. He refers himself as the forty fifth president. So he wrote this. <laughs> it's like on his email <laughs> signature. <laughs> yeah. I get the so fuck was, out of here. <laughs> he was going. Okay, so the um, Screen Actors Guild was going to remove him, and so he heard about this, and so he preemptively wrote this letter to them and so it's on wait 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 wait, wait. Okay, they were gonna ahead. remove yeah, him yeah, yeah. because he's done like a bunch of cameos Be- over the yes. years he's, like thousands of cameos Be- no because basically because of uh january 6th like yeah the, but like the aftermath of- but he's even like in, in like um intertwined with the screen actors guild because of all these movies that he's in because yes exactly and right. he mentions that in his little letter. oh all right okay okay, okay so okay. so he wrote this on presidential official presidential letterhead fuck yourself so, so so it's the office of donald j trump on official presidential letterhead <laughs> february 4th 2021 okay um and like the first line okay here's the first line he's like it's not as I bad as you- it looks <laughs> <laughs> I write to you today regarding the so-called disciplinary committee hearing aimed at revoking my union membership, period. Who cares? Exclamation point. While I'm not familiar with your work, I'm very proud of my work on movies such as Home Alone 2, Zoolander, etc., etc., etc. started with a sequel? Just to name a he few. He led with a oh, sequel. for sure. You gotta lead for with sure. Home Alone Home 2, Alone man. 2. For yeah. sure, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, you have to, but still, that's the best of your repertoire. <laughs> and he goes on on this just like insane letter. Read it all. How long is it? <laughs> you, it, I mean, I don't want to read all of it. You can read all of it, but but they posted the um, his response letter to their official website so that everybody could could read it because awesome. it's just insane. Um, I mean, I just just write like just the tone yeah. of this guy. <laughs> that is unreal. Yeah, so that was my favorite thing that's happened this past week. Yeah, that's pretty that's damn good. good. That's a good one. <laughs> and having them just turn around and be like, "Cool, we're gonna publish this so everybody can see yeah. what a baby yeah. you are." Yeah, and their their response was, I think their response was either "Okay" or "Thanks." Like it was just just <laughs> either of those. I can't remember which one. That makes it even better. <laughs> you got like you got like the same response of like somebody who complains mm. to like Subway's one eight hundred line. Yeah. Thanks. We'll try to do better next time. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah. Oh Your concern is very important to us. Yeah, exactly. So That's hilarious. Um, you know, he's still he's still being him out there in the world as a civilian, which somehow is comforting to me. I don't know. When in doubt, lead off with a sequel. <laughs> oh, dude. That's so bad. That's the saddest part of that whole letter. 
Ever, well, let's not, let's not forget too. Like the the Screen Actors Guild could have like fought back with like, let's be honest. Every single cameo you've ever had has been as a like, you know, absent-minded yeah. billionaire or a like abusive stepdad to be. You know, so yeah. I love that the response. I mean, they just they didn't even care. I mean, that's that's yeah. how we that's the approach this guy. Yeah. yeah, it was it was perfect. So. Let's not little... let's not make another one of those. Another Home Alone? No, or another, another Trump. Or another Trump, <laughs> or another Home Alone. We all saw the third one. It wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, I think Macaulay Culkin's in his forties now. I think. No, they yeah, had that other I think kid do it. Uh, new, there's a whole bunch of new Home Alone movies with a different kid. Yeah, with a different actor. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, see, that's the problem, too. Here? So, like, that's that's a great example, right? Trump's gone. He's not going to be in the sequel anymore. And yet, somebody's going to come along and find a way to make money doing the same thing as always. Right, but nobody so will Trump's pay attention, gone. and most people won't Some even other... know that it exists. But nobody will exactly. pay, nobody's going to watch Home yeah. Alone 4. Then I didn't. Then yeah. you're missing the point. <laughs> but yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible example, Greg. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I have... Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I have too. Um, I'm really glad that we did this. I, I, you know, it's just. I think we should just check in every once in a while with you, Greg, and and see how you're doing, buddy, and and get you to force you to talk to us once in a while. I, I'm I'm 100% game for that. Uh, you know, we can do this on terms that don't require the entire Earth of Humans um, subscribing base to to, you know. Commit to that. All all our conversations henceforth must be public (laughs) conversations for all listeners. They're going to be recorded. Oh, 100%. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. Well, that sounds threatening, but this has been awesome. I I really miss you guys a lot. I miss the audience a lot and and all the feedback that, that, you know, people would write in, and and I I miss all of it. All of it. All of it. I love you guys a ton, and this has been great. Missy Greg. And thank you. Thanks to our listeners. And we will definitely have Greg back on the podcast. Matt. I think Matt is going to be producing our next episode, so looking forward to that one. Ooh, and we got a little sneak peek. I, I can give you a little sneak peek. I mean, it, yeah, it, Matt, I, I brought up, I, I sort of quickly brought up the topic, but um, earlier, um, but it's it's an interview with um, the author and historian Mark David Spence, who has uh, done a lot of research into like the the origins of the national park system and how indigenous people were. Uh, dispossessed as a part of that process. Mm. Awesome. Look, I'm, uh, that needs to be its own podcast, but for yeah, sure. really, really looking forward to for sure, for sure. that episode. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much Thank for you. taking the time. Thank you. enjoyed hanging out with me greg and matt on this episode of the earth to humans podcast this episode was produced by me serena simons and a special thanks to my friend gregory haddock for taking the time to chat with us as well as to the reason we're all here mr matt podolsky if you liked what you heard go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all things earth to humans For additional show notes on this episode, where to find Greg's new podcast, Left Bitches, and to read the entirety of Trump's ridiculous letter to the Screen Actors Guild, visit wildlensinc.org slash EOC220. Music today by Blue Dot Sessions.